I'd like to take a moment to let you all know about a new nonprofit organization started by my brother Craig. It's called Treats and Truth. They fill oversized brown lunch bags with snack items, chips, crackers, popcorn, cookies, etc. Also, a bottle of water, toothbrush, toothpaste, sanitary wipes, and most importantly, a small gospel tract book of John. No cigar? I'll have to talk to him about that. The bags are then hand-delivered to the homeless and people in need in and around the Los Angeles area. Let's help get this ministry off the ground. They're a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, so any and all donations are tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. Visit their website at treatsandtruth.org. Check out the show notes for the link. Also, please follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. Welcome to episode 79 of the Burning Bush Podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Hope you're doing well, and I'm glad you've joined me again today. This week, we continue reading through Dr. Justin Bass's book, The Bedrock of Christianity, The Unalterable Facts of Jesus' Death and Resurrection, and I'm smoking the Tatuaje Tattoo Universo 6x50. So let's go on over to the uh, Cigars International website. As happens quite often, the uh, Tatuaje website has practically no information about their cigars. So, so we'll go on over to Cigars International and see what they have to say. Tatuaje Tattoo by Pete Johnson. This is one tattoo you certainly won't regret. The buzz has been flying over over the reintroduction of the Tatuaje Tattoo Series, which originally appeared in 2011 in a limited edition version. The cigar was massively popular, and for good reason, a great blend without the boutique price tag. There's no question why the new tattoo should be any different. Seeing as how it comes with an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper and an enticing mix of Nicaraguan filler leaves, medium-bodied and bursting with notes of cocoa, leather, pepper, and a slight sweetness. To Tatuaje, all we have to say is this. Welcome back. The Tatuaje brand is incredibly high-rated and features a huge variety of cigars. It is, uh, like I said, medium profile. Wrapper is Ecuadorian Habano. And uh, binder and filler are Nicaraguan. And the Vitolas are the Adivino, 5.5 by 58. The Bonito, which is a Torpedo, 6.2 by 52. The Caballero, 5 by 50. Needles Petite, 4.5 by 38. And the Universo, 6 by 50. That is the Tatuaje Tattoo.
So let's go ahead and get back into uh, Dr. Justin Bass's book, The Bedrock of Christianity. And the title of this week's section is Cephas, or Peter, and the Twelve. Now that I have argued that the people listed in our creedal tradition truly believed what they, were, what they saw was not a hallucination, let us now ask what else we can learn about the resurrection appearances to individuals and groups recorded in 1 Corinthians 15, 5-8. It is a bedrock fact that soon after Jesus' crucifixion, Peter became convinced that Jesus appeared to him alive, raised from the dead. Ehrman suggests that three or four people, though possibly more, had visions of Jesus sometimes after he died. One of these was almost certainly Peter, since reports about his seeing Jesus are found everywhere in our sources, including our earliest record of Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.5. No one doubts the appearance to Peter. One of the reasons for this is that we have at least two 1 Corinthians 15.5 and Luke 24.34, possibly three, Mark 16.7, early and independent testimonies of Jesus' appearance to Peter. He appeared to Cephas, 1 Corinthians 15.5, but go, tell his disciples and Peter, Mark 16.7, the Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon, Luke 24:34. Luke agrees with Paul and the creedal tradition that Jesus' appearance to Peter happened before the appearance to the twelve, Luke 24, 36-49. Moreover, while Paul, Mark, and Luke are aware of this appearance, none of them narrates an account of it. This demonstrates some serious restraint on these authors' part to not create a story ex nihilo, or out of nothing, to describe this most significant appearance to the rock of the church. The reason for this restraint is that there must not have been a surviving account of Jesus' appearance to Peter, and they certainly were not going to make one up. The next attested appearance of the risen Jesus in our creedal tradition is he appeared to the twelve, 1 Corinthians 15, 5. That this group of Jesus' followers believed Jesus appeared to them altogether is also a bedrock fact. Paul nowhere else in all his writings uses this title, the twelve. He usually refers to others who saw the risen Jesus or who were followers of Jesus before his conversion as apostles, The twelve, then, must have been a specific group of followers of Jesus during his public ministry that had this title. Most scholars agree that the twelve, as attested in the four Gospels and Acts, are a group of followers Jesus gathered around him as his inner circle. This also might tell us something more about the historical Jesus' self-consciousness and the aims of his public ministry. The Twelve is a very significant number in the history of Israel. The Twelve Tribes of Israel would be the best candidate for a background here. 
Did Jesus believe his group of 12 followers symbolically represented the renewed Israel? One of the undisputed bedrock sayings of Jesus from the Gospels testifies to this understanding. And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, that you who have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. What role then did Jesus believe he would play in the regeneration? Among the twelve tribes of Israel was only the God of Israel guiding and leading them. Who did Jesus think he was? The Son of Man who would sit on his glorious throne? We can't be sure of Jesus' self-consciousness here just from his gathering of twelve followers, but this symbolically charged act and the saying above are certainly suggestive. These twelve followers had an experience they interpreted as the risen Jesus appearing to them. It happened while they were all together, and even though it would have included Peter, it happened sometime after Jesus' individual appearance to Peter. The Gospels of Luke and John also testify to this appearance to the Twelve. Luke 24, 36-49, John 20, 19-23, and see also Mark sixteen fourteen. Unlike this early creedal tradition, the Gospels give the precise number 11 because Judas had died at this point. Luke 24, 9 and 33, Matthew 28, 16, Acts, 20, uh, Acts 1, 26 and 2, 14, and see also Mark 16, 14. This further demonstrates the historicity of the Twelve because of the mathematical modifications in the later traditions. Those who composed this early creedal tradition, and Paul, almost certainly knew it was only the eleven who Jesus appeared to, but the twelve must have become a well-known title by this time. Furthermore, Luke and John agree on the precise wording of the risen Jesus when he appeared to the twelve. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you, Luke twenty four thirty six, and peace be with you, John twenty nineteen. Even if the histori- the historicity of the gospel accounts might be questioned, it is interesting to see this multiply attested memory of the exact words of the risen Jesus on this occasion. Peace be with you. In my discussion of the extent of the creedal tradition in chapter 3, I agreed with the majority of scholars that the most primitive version of this tradition ended with verse 5, and to the twelve. Paul goes on to list three more resurrection appearances in 1 Corinthians 15, 6-7, before including his own eyewitness appearance in 1 Corinthians 15, 8. The appearances to Peter, to the twelve, to James, and to Paul are all bedrock appearances in that 99% of scholars agree that these three individuals, Peter, James, and Paul, and a group of Jesus' followers, believed 
the risen Jesus appeared to them. The other appearances do not pass the same 99% threshold. No one doubts Paul believed they happened, but as we will see, some doubt whether Paul received a, a historical rather than legendary account when it comes to the appearances to the more than 500 and to all the apostles. 1 Corinthians 15, 6-7 I will argue below that this skepticism on the part of some scholars is unfounded. These other accounts of Jesus' appearances are built on the same historical bedrock as the others. If you believe the twelve experienced a resurrection appearance, you should also believe the five hundred and the other apostles did. It seems that these other appearances are just too incredible, too good to be true. Therefore, some conclude they must be legendary. But this is not the right way to judge the historicity of these traditions. Each should be judged by its own merits. Remember the wish list of the historian? We will see below that these three resurrection appearances pass the same high bar of reliability as the others. Let us then move on now to a truly remarkable experience. As J.A. Bengal calls it, he appeared to more than 500 at one time. 1 Corinthians 15, 6. And that's the end of this week's reading of Dr. Justin Bass's book, The Bedrock of Christianity. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to Dr. Bass's website, as well as this week's cigar. Also in the show notes are links to Treats and Truth Ministry, where you can get involved in helping to spread the gospel to and be a blessing to the homeless. Groundworks Ministries for daily Bible studies and devotionals. And the Burning Bush Podcast Merchandise Store, where you can pick up some items to help spread the word about the show. And I'd appreciate it if you would tell your friends. So until next week, have a great day, have a great cigar. And God bless.